Broadcasting live from the Treasure Island Sports Club, it's In the Huddle with Vinny Bonsignor, presented by Tequila Embajador. I want to thank you very much for making my day in the sun so memorable. Uh, Jonathan Hankins at this particular point is doubtful. He's had a little bit of a hip nagging with him, and... um, We'll, we'll see what happens as we go through the next few days. Um, did not practice. Quentin Jefferson uh, right now is questionable. He's been a little bit limited over the last two days, a little bit of a tight back. We'll see how that works out. And then uh, Josh was a little bit limited but did practice a good portion of the, uh, of the practice today. And that's where we're at. That is where we're at. Actually, we're at the uh, Treasure Island right now, Hotel and Casino. The Golden Circle Sportsbook, by the way, I'm Vinny Bonsignor. In the huddle, brought to you by Tequila Embajador, Raider Nation Radio, 9.20 a.m. on a Friday. But you know what I loved about that clip right there? By the way, uh, that was Rick, Rick Basaccia, the uh, new head coach of the uh, Las Vegas Raiders, speaking today over at the practice facility in Henderson. You know, he's talking about who is practicing, uh, status of certain players, uh, heading into the football game uh, on Sunday against the Denver Broncos, a huge game, by the way. Uh, but you just got the sense today, uh, talking uh, to Rich and focusing on, you know, who might play on Sunday, what the injury status is of some key players. It's kind of getting back to football. Um, it's been a troubling, trying, taxing, emotional roller coaster ride of a week here in Las Vegas for the Raiders. Um, and it's literally been a week. I was over at the media room today. In Henderson, and some of the uh, my colleagues and I were talking about, you know, literally a week ago today, almost to the minute, was when that first email emerged in, you know, John Gruden email. Uh, it was reported by uh, the Wall Street Journal, came out like a lightning bolt, literally seconds, and I mean seconds, after John Gruden left the podium uh, after addressing us for the, fir- for the last time before the Raiders game against uh, the, the Chicago Bears on Sunday at Allegiant Stadium. He walks out. Goes, you know, uh, exits, stage left, as they say. Uh, we're taking our notes, getting ready to start our stories, and then boom. You know, everybody and their uncle was texting me, like, did you see this? Did you see this? Did you see this? I'm like, what the heck just happened? Uh, and then it's just been a roller coaster ride ever since then. From the first email that emerged to what happened on Sunday where the Raiders, I don't care what they say, just didn't look like a focused football team. Uh, in a loss to the Chicago Bears. Then on Monday, uh, another leak of emails uh, from John Gruden that just, you know, we don't have to get into the details. We all know uh, how ugly and, and uh, it, it all was. And by 5.30, 6 o'clock or so, uh, uh, he's resigned. He's no longer the head coach of the Raiders. And, you know, you think about that. You think about what's happened over the, the, the last week and then players having to digest that and process it. And all of a sudden, they report to work on Wednesday. It's a new head coach, uh, Rich, you know, uh, Rich Bisacci, uh, uh, you know, their offensive coordinator now is calling the plays. John Gruden, who oversees the offense, is no longer in the building. Uh, it's just trying to rally and, and uh, kind of circle the wagons in a way to keep this thing as stable as possible. Um, but by Friday today, a week after all of this started, you just felt like, it was more normal than it had been uh, in a little while. 
uh, and the focus has really has shifted uh, to Sunday's game against the Denver Broncos, and it's really a, a huge game uh, here. And I'll tell you why. Lincoln and I were talking about this yesterday, Lincoln Kennedy. Um, it's a two-game losing streak that the Raiders are on right now. You know, a week ago, nine days ago, ten days ago, the Raiders were 3-0, and flying high. Derek Carr was being talked about uh, as a uh, MVP-type candidate. Uh, the playoffs were just stay on track. Uh, the Raiders were looking like one of the better teams in the AFC. It wouldn't, I'm not saying they're a great team by any stretch of the imagination, but they're a darn good football team. Uh, that's definitely playoff uh, caliber. I still believe that. Uh, and everything was just looking great. Everything was looking promising. Uh, you know, and then all of a sudden, Monday against the Chargers, no shame in losing to the Chargers, who have turned out to be, at least through the first five games of the season, one of the best teams in the AFC and maybe even the NFL. Um, lose a couple of players. You know, uh, Trayvon Mullen goes down. Damon Arnett goes down. Um, it just, you know, it, it was, it was, just wasn't, you know, good from an injury standpoint. You lose a divisional game, um, but that was ended up being the least of their worries, uh, at least when you're talking about this last week or so. You know, then on Friday for what uh, had what happened on Friday, then what happened on Sunday against the Chicago Bears, then Monday uh, when when Gruden, you know, walks away and resigns, and it's just everybody's head was spinning. Uh, there's no doubt, there, everybody's head was spinning, and that goes from people in the organization. People like myself uh, who cover the Raiders, the players, um, you know, they're texting back and forth. you got to understand these are human beings, you know, and this is not normal what's happened. It's just not normal in a lot of ways. It's just unprecedented, um, you know, when a, when a coach leaves in the manner that, that, that John Gruden had to leave the Raiders. Usually, yeah, you know, coaching changes happen in the course of a season. Uh, teams are bad. Teams are on losing streaks. Coaches lose the locker room or the clubhouse whatever the case might be, it's just not working out. And so you got to make a change. you got to try to, you know, salvage things or just uh, hit the reset button. Uh, and, and a lot of times it's because the team is bad. The team's not winning. There's issues. There's all types of stuff uh, that leads to a coaching change. But hardly ever does it happen five games into a season on, on a three. It never happens um, at three and two. You're in the playoffs. Uh, if the season were to end today, things are looking promising. Things are looking up. That's not when a coaching change usually happens. So – you know that, but it did, and and it did. It it, it kind of unfolded in a spectacular firestorm sort of a way, in an unprecedented sort of a way, that left a lot of people just kind of grappling with it mentally, like trying to wrap their heads around everything that happened. Wow, that's what John Gruden believes. I didn't know that about him, you know. And then all of a sudden, we don't have our uh, our head coach anymore. Uh, that's weird at this stage of the season. So there was a lot to digest, a lot to um, you know wrap your head around. If you're a player, if you're anybody, if you're a fan of the Raiders, if you're somebody like myself who covers the Raiders, it was just on a drop of a dime, all these massive changes. But a week later, today, and, you know, uh, 40, 48 hours out of their next game, everything, ha the focus has to be on the Broncos. The focus has to be on making a successful trip to Denver so that a two-game losing streak doesn't become a three-game losing streak. And the drama of... What happened, you know, this week doesn't turn out to be the very thing that sabotages what looks to be and has been so far a, a fairly promising season. The Raiders are a good football team. Yeah, there's some flaws. Nobody uh, disputes that. But this is – everyone has some flaws, uh, especially this time of year. Go look at the records. I mean, the Raiders literally are one game out of the lead in the AFC. That's how close things are right now. 
Um, and there aren't any what I, what I would consider dominant teams, unbeatable teams. Uh, they stack up well against anybody when you think about it, especially with the way this defense is playing. Uh, so there's a lot to play for, and uh, nothing's been really lost in terms of goals and objectives. All of that is right in front of the Raiders within their reach, but they've got to get it together, and it starts on Sunday. Otherwise, everything that's within reach becomes out of reach or starts sliding out of reach, uh, and then that's where morale starts suffering. That's where guys sometimes start pointing fingers, um, and you start really questioning things. Then you start the doubt starts creeping in are we going to be able to overcome everything that's happened uh, are we you know mentally strong enough do we have the wherewithal all of those questions start being asked in a meaningful way in the locker room and and you can't have that the minute that kind of doubt creeps creeps in you're basically lost so in order to avert that to avoid that uh, to keep all that nonsense um, at arm's length the Raiders got to go to Denver and win a football game it's pivotal it's imperative that they do, and that's what's at stake, and that's why the focus right now, and you can feel it over uh, at the facility in Henderson, you can kind of feel it turn from everything that's happened on all the off-field stuff uh, to what needs to happen on the on the football field starting Sunday against the Denver Broncos. We're going to go out to the Raider Nation listener line. Silver Fury is in the house. How are you doing, Silver Fury? Hey, Vinny, how are you? I'm good, man. How are you doing? I'm good. I just, first off, I you know I just want to say um, I'm really impressed and and, and uh, happy the way you handled uh, everything this past week. You, JT, the other more the other talk shows. I mean, this is this has been insane. So the way you handled the airwaves and all the different callers and different angles and it's been it's been great. So thank you. I appreciate that. that. Trying to do our best. Yeah, no, it, it's been great. I haven't called in about this yet. I don't want to get long-winded about it. I just, it's, I got to get this out. So um, go for it. But I have a different, I have a different take on on how the NFL handled it, and and especially how they're how they're hand, how they're pushing on uh, Mark Davis and the whole scenario. So I, on a personal level, you know, going what Mark's going through. Um, so what, I had a friend, right? Twenty years college, just one of my best buddies. Great guy, you know that kind of guy is just he's just a great guy. You know he's just everyone's buddy and that whole thing. And um, right one day I wake up and find out he's been arrested, and you're like, this is crazy. Like what could he have possibly done? And and uh, you find out what he got arrested for, and there's like no way. That's a, there's no way he did this. It's got to be a mistake, a setup, whatever. And you go through these five phases of death with it, right? And you're like, this is not happening. And then you know. You know, it, the next thing you know, more information comes out, and then you get to a point where you accept it. You're like, okay, I, I guess he did, but you know, you still have questions. And then you know, comes a day where it's just, it is a fact, and 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 you find out, you know, that your friend did commit this appalling act, and you know, now he's doing 12 years, right? And right. So, point is, is that nobody, yeah. his family, friends, no one's all coming. So, in relation to Mark Davis. And John, and the point is that you know he he's a place in the heart, right? So he's your friend, and this is what um, Mark Davis is going through with John, right? John and Mark, I mean, they're a great friend. So John's got a place in Mark's heart. So Mark's making decisions on John Gruden. He's thinking with his heart and not his head. And so, you know, from what you hear about him not wanting to fire John, 
if he had not fired John and he kept John around and he had the freedom to do that, there's no way this team plays for John. I mean, there's no way this team plays for John based on the emails that he had. I mean, this Carl just took a, a day off and John's not even in the building. And so what the NFL goes in and they force Mark to kind of fire John, which is the narrative, the, the NFL really did this organization a favor because it allowed them to move on quick. I mean, like you just said, it's Friday. I mean, uh, you know, uh, Bisaccia has had a chance to, you know, to get in there. Heads are clearing. We're talking football again. And if John had been around, there's no way we win in Denver. There's no way this team plays for John. So, in my opinion, the NFL did us a favor by, by putting the pressure on Mark, even if that wasn't their intent and we know it wasn't. Because Mark needs time to process. He needs time to go through the emotions of what just happened. And there will be a day when Mark accepts what happened. But right now, you know, no one's giving him a, a chance. A media, no one. He, he needs his own time to get through this. And I, and I think that that's just something that, you know, no one, you know, that he may not really have a chance to. But anyway, that, that's my take on it. I really appreciate it. Um, uh, th- thank you very much. And, you know, it's interesting you bring up Mark Davis. And uh, I did a, uh, a Raiders mailbag. Um, you know, I, obviously I cover the Raiders for the Las Vegas Review-Journal. And if you go over to Vegas Nation, the app, or, or VegasNation.com on the computer and check it out, somebody asked me, hey, do you think Mark Davis will talk to the media about this? Do you, do you think that he should talk to the media about this? And, and you know, I'm always going to be transparent um, uh, with, with you guys. I'm going to always write from, you know, the heart. And it's not going to – it's always going to be as accurate as possible. And when somebody asks me a question, I'm going to give you my heartfelt, honest uh, answer. And, and this is what I said, and this is what I believe to be true. And granted, um, I haven't talked to Mark Davis uh, throughout all of this. And um, my, 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 my feeling, the sense is, you know, talking to some people as well, uh, and this is understandable, and this is what I wrote. Like, I don't – he doesn't owe me anything. He, I don't think he owes the media anything uh, as well right now. I do believe that Mark Davis will eventually, um, you know, speak to the media. And um, I expect that to happen. But I'm not, like, pressuring him. I see some other articles that are out there and, and you know, always a coward for not speaking out. Oh, he should be speaking out. Uh, and I, I, frankly, I disagree, and, and, and here's why. This is, this is the heartfelt Vinnie Bonsignor feeling on this situation. I think Mark Davis is crushed right now. you got to understand this wasn't just a professional relationship between John Gruden and Mark Davis. This was a friendship, all right, a friendship that um, – so, so it's a personal relationship, a very deep personal relationship, plus a professional relationship. On the professional side – John Gruden was Mark Davis's hand-picked general to oversee the football operation of his team for the next 10 years and maybe even beyond, okay? Uh, That was the commitment that Mark Davis made to John Gruden because that's who he believed was the right person to handle that responsibility. He put his trust, he put his time, commitment, everything uh, into John Gruden because he felt like John Gruden was the right guy to do. And on top of that, he just is a really close friend of John Gruden's as well. So there was a personal and professional standpoint. Within 48 hours, Mark Davis had to digest and process 
the information that came out about John Gruden and then have to make a decision on the future of somebody that he had entrusted his entire football operation in, A, and B, somebody that he was extremely close to. If you're any kind of a human being at all, you have to understand that puts somebody in a very difficult professional, personal, and emotional position. And the right thing to do was, obviously, you needed to move on from John Gruden. Um, as the caller just mentioned, you know, holding on to him with this hanging over everybody's head, it just would not have been a good situation. Um, I think that Mark Davis was trying to process everything as quickly as he could, um, wanting to give benefit of the doubt, wanted, wanting to give respect uh, to, to his friend and his coach to kind of sort through this thing diligently without making a rash decision, and he had every right to do that. I'm speaking as a journalist here and as somebody, uh, as, and just as a human being. I thought he had every right to take his time, not all the time in the world, obviously, and I don't think that he ever was, was, that was ever on, you know, uh, on, on his mind to take forever. But I think he deserved a little bit of time, given the, the friendship, given the relationship, given the, uh, the professional uh, trust that he put into John Gruden, to take a little bit of time to really sort through everything that was coming about, to make sure it's accurate, how, to verify it. I mean, how you know, anything could happen these days. Is this you? Are these your emails? All of that type of stuff. The due diligence is what it's called. All right? So... It all, it obviously, it all, uh, you know, uh, um, came to a point where John Gruden had to resign. We all get that on Monday. So now everyone's expecting Mark Davis to get up there and talk to the media. Well, number one, none of this, except for the revelation of this information, none of it happened while John Gruden was a member of the Raiders organization. Okay, this was all... 10 years ago and leading up to when he took over the Raiders. But it was all on somebody else's watch. It was all, uh, you know, before he arrived at the Raiders. So what exactly, like, none of this happened while John Gruden was a member of the Raiders. If it had, then I think the owner needs to come out and say, hey, we don't condone this. Uh, it happened on our watch. We don't accept it, all that. But it didn't, all right? Yeah, Vinny, but I feel like some of the criticism, yeah, I'll say criticism, that, that you see from other members of the media what you're saying is very true that this did not happen on his watch but the it's like so why does mike mayock why is rich Pasaccia? why are captains of the team why do they have to speak on it if he does not i think that's where I that's, that's where the punchback is all right um I, so what I, you're saying what you're saying is not wrong but then it's so I, why do these why do these people I mean, as members of the organization every, have to speak on it okay uh, i'll answer that not every owner talks that's the other part of this i covered the rams for four years Stan Kroenke, when there was a coaching change, when there was whatever kind of change, he never came up and talked. It was, it was, it was, it was completely uh, accepted and acknowledged that Stan's not going to talk. It's going to be Kevin Demoff, the president. It's going to be, uh, you know, uh, Le uh, uh, Les Snead, the general manager. Those were usually the people that spoke when big decisions happened. It was, you know, so there wasn't any of this mandate that Stan Kroenke has to talk to us, the media. And here's what I'm saying. I think Mark Davis will speak to the media, but I'm willing to give him a little bit of time to process everything because this was a blow, a serious blow to him personally. And, you know, 
I'll ask you this, Damon. What do you need to hear from from uh, John Gruden, from uh, from Mike, from uh, uh, Mark Davis that is so pressing that you have to have him speak now? Uh, for me, it really won't make a difference. What I'm like asking, I don't like, I don't need him to speak. I was just giving that counterpoint for that's what the other members of media, unlike yourself, that's why they do want him to speak. About what though? Like I, I don't. I've never the same to- questions that like let's say Mike Mayock. Oh, how did you feel? Well, I'm did like. Mike May- when when Mike Mayock is asked that question, it's like, what do you expect Mike Mayock, Mayock to say? But maybe it's just like people want to people want to be able to ask those same questions to Mr. Davis. But none of okay, and I get that, and I know that there will come a time when that is when 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 that does happen. But my thing is that that those are his personal feelings. I don't. I'm not entitled to those personal feelings. I'm not. Professionally, he's not professionally obligated in any sh- way, shape, or form to share those feelings. Uh, my, you know, w- it, from a football perspective, Mike Mayock is the general manager. Uh, Rich Bisaccia is the head coach. Gus Bradley is the defensive coordinator. Um, you know, uh, uh, um, Derek Carr is the quarterback of the team. Those are pertinent to the football operation. All right, those are questions. Obviously, th- those guys talk on a you know regular basis anyway so that wasn't anything abnormal um that they spoke and uh and and it's just part of their jobs but like mark how are you feeling right now all that that's just curiosity that is really when it comes down to it it doesn't even pertain to my job covering the raiders football team am i curious about what you know um what 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 mark davis thinks yeah and i actually think that at some point we're going to get those answers but i don't feel like he's a coward and i've seen that word before uh, you know uh, throughout the course of this week that he's a coward for not speaking to the media up until this point a coward for what i don't think he's hiding from anything i think he's just processing what happened and there will be a there will come a time where he feels comfortable and uh you know uh, has successfully digested and processed something that happened to the leader of his football team, but also a friend to where he's comfortable talking to the media. But I don't believe that he has to do it. Uh, I don't expect, I don't demand that Stan Kroenke, when I was covering the Rams, speak on everything that happened with the team, whether it was firing Jeff Fisher. But, or Mo- and, but he is a different type of owner where you say well, like some owners you do not know. I know what Mark Davis looks like. I, mean, I I have I, like I, was, I know what his voice sounds like, right, I, and it's not just because I work for the team. I just mean like like he had like an HBO um, excuse me real sports like profile done on him. Why does that make a difference? I'm though? not saying that it makes a difference, but it is it is just a situation where he is an owner who is out there who is the face of his team. It, well, you're right. I do not know. I do not know what Stan Kroenke right. looks like. I do not know what his voice sounds like. But I am saying that he is the type Doesn't. of owner. I'll put him maybe like even an Arthur Blank, Robert Kraft, where they are super out front about their team. I and 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 that's fine. But I, what I'm what, and and at some point I believe that he will. Okay. And had this happened, had these emails been uncovered while John Gruden was a was a member of the Raiders, like 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 they literally happened as he was a a, a working employee of the, of the Raiders. Then you know I, I I would I would expect some sort of a statement from the top, um, uh, you know. But it wasn't. Again, this is something that dropped on Mark Davis's lap. He re- he spoke loud and clear. You know, he said, "Ask the NFL." 
<laughs> no, no, he's he he got rid of his coach. No, I, I was I was speaking of relating to that uh, Paul Gutierrez. Yeah, and, and that's the other part of it too. There's some there's something going on right now. Uh, if you looked at some of the articles that came out yesterday uh, about one of the uh, lawyers from the NFL who was chummy uh, with Bruce Snyder, the or excuse me, Daniel Snyder, the and Bruce, Bruce Allen, Al- Bruce Allen. Uh, my bad, uh, you know, of the of the Washington football team. There's something else going on. I just got a text from somebody that was like. I don't think this is necessarily over, not as it relates to John Gruden. There's other stuff about some other people now that might be coming out. Like, you know, maybe somebody else, somebody has uh, a hold on, on, on some stuff that's going to be coming out uh, that, that could be just as explosive about somebody else. So this is obviously an ongoing, uh, ongoing story. But, again, I don't think the guy's a coward for not talking. Um, had John Gruden utter those things – in a verifiable way, as he was a member of the Raiders, yes, I think that that changes the dynamic a little bit. But I'm willing to give Mark Davis, this is exactly how I feel. I'm not saying it because I'm on Raider Nation Radio. I literally wrote this today in the Las Vegas Review-Journal. No, I'm not, I'm not sitting here demanding that he talks to me or the media. Uh, I, I, I believe that he will when the time is right from him, for him. And given everything that's happened, the circumstances of what happened, it goes beyond just professional. This is a, uh, you know, also very, very personal to Mark Davis. I'm willing to give him a little bit of time uh, to get it all together. And, uh, and that's just kind of how I roll. I don't disagree with other people or, or hold it against them, but I'm not going to sit here and call him a coward either for not talking to me. I don't feel like I'm, it, it's, it's that imperative that he does. You're in the huddle with Vinny Bonsignor on Lincoln Kennedy, brought to you by Tequila Embajador, Raider Nation Radio 920 AM on a Friday. Welcome back to In the Huddle with Vinny Bonsignor, live from the Treasure Island Sportsbook. Yeah, I'm sure. I think right now, as, as I'd like to say it, is, is Gus has the keys on defense and Ole has the keys on offense, and I'm still taking care of the special teams with Byron's help. And I think so we're, we're going to drive to work all week in three different cars, and we're going to go to the game in, in one bus and see what happens that way. Um, we, Gus, Ole and I have constant communication about offense. I have been around the backs a little bit this year, as we all know, and, and um, you know, the defense has been in good hands for a long time with Gus. So we'll be able to talk. I'm going to be on the headset with everybody. I'm going to rely on certainly those guys that I talk to all the time, being um, Ole and Gus and Coach Caves. And, and uh, so I think um, it, it's, we'll see what happens, but I'm hoping it goes smoothly. That's interim Raiders interim head coach Rich Passaccia over at the practice facility today in Henderson. Pretty much telling you what um, what's going on, you know, and being frank and honest. Gus Bradley is the head coach of the defense. Greg Olson is the head coach of the offense. Uh, Rich is going to, you know, continue to coach the special teams. But he's going to be the guy that now, you know, when it comes to do you go for it on fourth down? Uh, do, you, do you kick the field goal? You know, do you challenge? You got the red flag now. All these, all those game day final decisions are now in his hands, uh, and that's the power that he has. Meanwhile, Greg Olson is going to call all the plays, uh, so that his job changes uh, quite drastically, actually, uh, because we all know the offense was John Gruden's baby, and uh, starting from you know the weekly game plans, the play calling, um, the scripted plays. To start the game, that was all John Gruden. Yes, he talked it out uh, with with um, uh, Greg Olson and, and Derek Carr and, and the rest of the offensive staff. But ultimately, 
uh, he had the final say on all that. Now that becomes the responsibility of Greg Olson. I think of all the coaches, and I wrote about this today, of all the coaches, his job uh, or responsibilities changed the most. Th this doesn't change anything about Gus Bradley. As he told us uh, yesterday, I've got my 25 guys over here that we oversee, uh, Greg, and, and that's going to stay status quo. Um, where it does change, though, is the play calling, and you're going to see some subtle, maybe even dramatic differences going from uh, John Gruden, who saw football one way, uh, who had his vision and his feelings and his approach um, and his philosophies. And while Greg uh, Olson, a longtime assistant with, with John Gruden, saw the game similarly, he doesn't see it exactly like John Gruden. So you're going to see some differences. I'm anxious to find out what those differences might be. Are they going to be a little bit more aggressive? I kind of think so, uh, and especially in earlier down situations. Uh, what are they going to do in those third and short situations, in those fourth and, uh, and short situations? Felt like John was a little bit stubborn sometimes, uh, banging his head up against the wall in the run uh, game uh, on those situations, kind of to the detriment of them, uh, of the Raiders the last couple of years, and certainly this year. Are they going to open it up a little bit more uh, in those third down situations? Where does Marcus Mariota figure uh, into all this? He, by the, by the looks of things and the sound of things, he had a good week of practice this week. Uh, is he going to be activated for Sunday? And if so, uh, what kind of role can you expect to see of Marcus Mariota? Here's my thing. You don't bring him back, or it's pointless to bring him back unless you use him. It's time to use Marcus Mariota. He's been here two years. I get it. He was hurt for most of last year, and he's been hurt for most of this year. But you're paying this guy, what, $11 million over the last couple of years? Get him on the field. Not obviously in replacement of Derek Carr, but in conjunction with Derek Carr. There's an asset that and a role that Marcus Mariota can fill. You saw it in a glimpse in the season opener, a 31-yard run on third and one. That is exactly what the Raiders had in mind for Marcus Mariota coming into the season. They were going to build off of that. That was something that other teams looked at and go, uh-oh, okay, that's something that we got to account for, and that role was going to expand off of that. Again, not as a replacement for Derek Carr, obviously, but as somebody that can uh, – change things up and uh, ha he, with a skill set that is unlike Derek Carr. He's a dual threat guy that can run, use, use his ability with his legs and his arm to put pressure on defenses, especially situationally, i.e. third and short situations, fourth and short situations. If he's ready to go, if he's healthy, if he's activated, he better start getting some plays uh, as early as Sunday against the Denver Broncos. Out to the Raider Nation listener line, uh, we've got Raider 27. How you doing, my good friend? My friend, um, can I make a quick comment? This isn't what I was called to talk about, but um, your first caller was such a good caller and created such a great discussion that I would like to make uh, just a quick comment. Um, as the owner of a small business, it didn't take me very long to learn that if you are emotionally wound up and, and you're too emotionally charged, it's much better to send your foreman out and say, listen, do whatever it takes, say whatever it takes, tell that person never to come back, but you don't need to talk to them yourself because you're just going to create yourself a lot more problems. My little bitty small business, magnify that to Mark Davis by a 1,000. I think he's being a very smart businessman by laying low and 
staying quiet right now. He's just, there's too much on the line for him. He's got everything going on. Don't blow it by coming out when you're not emotionally ready to make a comment and saying something you're going to regret later. Raider 27, real quick. Um, I don't know if you were like me, uh, you know, uh, you you sound, you know, we might be in the same generation. Let's just put it that way or close to it. We are. Okay. So um, how many times do you remember? This is me. I don't know how you handled it for, for yourself. But when I got mad at somebody, you know, I'd write letters like, like, you know, like you, you do that. You, you, there was no email back then. You know, there was, there was no texting or anything like that. So you wrote it out on paper or typed it out or whatever the case might be. And for me, it would always be about three or four versions in that I'd be throwing out. Nah, that's too. No, I can't do that. No, I can't do that. It would, I would work my way to an acceptable way to express my anger, my hurt, my emotions, whatever the case might be, so that by the time I got to that fourth or fifth version, I had removed as much anger and emotion as possible and was able to speak and communicate in a much more um, balanced way. And I think that's what Mark Davis is doing right now. Yeah, I agree, but I wish I was as mature as you because my first impulse was to go grab him by the throat and make him understand my point of view. <laughs> True. You know? Sometimes you need to do that, too. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what I wanted to say was I'm very impressed with Rich, um, Rich Coach Ars. Bisatia. 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 I can say Bisatia, and I can say this. Uh, I can't say it on the radio right now, but I can say it normally. Bazignor. Bon signore. Um, <laughs> um, That's why I'm Vinny B and he'll be Rich B. <laughs> <laughs> it's all good, my friend. Of course. This game's going to come down to the same thing the Bear game came down to and the same thing the Chargers game came down to. Can we find enough replacement players up front to hold up long enough to let our offense work? I expect... Um, the car, uh, check down car people to be out in full force next week. I think we're going to throw a lot of short passes. I expect to see um, our running game replaced with a short, quick passing game to keep car uh, clean and keep us on schedule with the chains. And I expect them to do that until the safeties come up to stop that, and then I think they're going to go over their head. So I could be wrong. I don't know. Um, I think the team has a good outlook towards everything, and I think they understand that they are a good team. Um, Like I said, you kind of interrupted me, like I said on my last call. Uh, I don't think they're a bad team. No, not at all. I don't know if they're a a go-deep-in-the-playoffs team because their execution isn't where it needs to be. But um, I think they're a good team. I think they can make the playoffs. But we're going to have to do it differently. We're not going to be able to just ram the ball up the middle because our line won't allow us to do that anymore. Yeah, and uh, thanks for the call, Raider 27. You always know that, uh, that I appreciate and enjoy the game. Um, here's the thing. You can still scheme around it. The, the weakness is the offensive line. It doesn't take Vince Lombardi uh, to figure that out. But there's a way to be able to mitigate it and manage it and maybe buy some time be and be a success in the process but buy some time for it to get together and i'm talking about the offensive line so that by the time 
November, December rolls around, maybe they're going to be better off uh, along the offensive line and just a better team as, as well. But in the meantime, still got to win some football games. I think they're capable of doing it even with the flaw right now of that offensive line. Raider Dave in Denver. How you doing, buddy? I'll be there tomorrow. Hey, it's going to be a lot of fun, man. I hope to uh, have a meal with you up in the press box. Hey, we'll, we'll be able to uh, work that out. All right. Hey, Sounds good to me. Anybody, I, I need to explain something to all of Raider Nation who might be under 50. For anybody over 50 and grew up with the Raiders as a fan, if you paid attention at all, you learn how to control your emotions, if not just going berserk at 12 years old. You know, when one, they win the Super Bowl, or two, they get wronged. And this is exactly why Mark Davis is doing the smart thing of not really saying anything. Can you imagine growing up and seeing the Raider bias from the NFL from his perspective, being behind closed doors and hearing Al unabashed saying anything and everything that he felt at home? I mean, Mark is growing up with this, and there is no way he can be a team. All he's going to do is go ahead and move this franchise, do what he can to get the NFL into Vegas, which is eventually where they wanted to be. He finally got, you know, uh, Jimmy or uh, John, whatever his name is, uh, Jerry, finally got his blessing after a year or so of selecting his quarterback, Connor. And then, you know, Jerry ended up with the quarterback he's got now. Everything worked out. But that was in response for Jerry first voting no. I mean, he, did, he was not on the bandwagon for the Raiders to move to Vegas at one point. So there is an NFL bias, and you found out about that about eight months ago or five months ago, and you ended up saying so. Heck, maybe it's even less than that. So who didn't really have the age to watch these Raiders and understand that bias, just go ahead and look at it from Mark's point of view growing up and being in that household. There is no way he can get in front of a microphone. He will come unglued and then be fined by the NFL. And it, it, you're right. It's going to trickle out. More names and stuff are going to be happening. I think I heard something today from ESPN to uh, Kaepernick that there's things still coming out. So this is something that Mark has been very smart with, and he will continue to be smart about it. And I believe that the Raiders are a dog wounded into a corner and i can't wait for them to bite back sunday <laughs> well we'll see and i think they're in a pretty good mental place uh to to uh to get their jaws on somebody uh so to speak but yeah i'm, I'm with you on mark davis if i was advising him you know and and i gotta put a different hat on in that regard obviously from a journalistic standpoint i would love to talk to mark davis right now i want to know what he's feeling but i also understand why he isn't, and I actually think in my heart of hearts, if you were to inject truth serum into Vinny Bonsignor, the reporter, I would do the same thing. I think that he's handling it wisely because the last thing you want to do, um, as, as hurt as he might be, uh, as um, you know, disappointed as he might be, and frankly, as angry as he might be toward a lot of different people, John Gruden included, but you know how it came out. How um, it, maybe he was forced into doing something, um, you know, on a, somebody else's timeline rather than his timeline. I think there's anger there. And I think the last thing you do, the last thing you do is get up in front of a bunch of microphones in a bad state of mind, especially when it's angered, uh, you know, you're in an angry place. Don't do it. There's no upside to do it. Again, I'm contradicting 
my own profession because that's what we want. We want to get the raw emotion, and it makes for a better story. There's no question. I get it from that perspective. But I'm not owed it, number one. And number two, if I'm advising him, um, and I know people are advising him, lay low for a second. Let it settle down. There will be a time and a place to talk to the media and at that time, when you're in a better, when you have a little bit of better control of things, of your emotions, more than anything, the last thing you want to do is just speak out and maybe say something out of anger that you're either going to regret or whatever the case might be. So I don't feel like he's a coward. I don't feel like he's holding, hiding anything. I don't think he's, you know, uh, playing payback. Uh, I don't think any of those things. I think he's handling it. Prudently, and I wrote that in the Las Vegas Review Journal. You don't have to believe what I say here, uh, you know, on this radio show, but I literally put it to words today in the Las Vegas Review Journal when I was asked that exact question. You're in the huddle with Vinny Bonsignor, brought to you by Tequila Embajador. We're live at the Treasure Island, the Golden Circle Sportsbook here at the Treasure Island. Uh, it's a great place. There's Clemson, Syracuse uh, football game on the Boston Red Sox getting ready to play the Houston Astros in the LALCS. One of those two teams is going to represent the American League in the World Series. We'll be back right after this break. Look forward to talking to you. If you're online, hold on. We'll get to you as quickly as we can. Interact with the show. Text Vinny at 69187 or tweet at him at Vinny Bonsignor. This is In the Huddle with Raiders beat writer Vinny Bonsignor on Raider Nation Radio 920 AM. Uh, we're going to talk about that this afternoon, but he's really had a good week of practice. Um, he looks really 100% healthy, so uh, we're excited about what could possibly happen here over the next few days. Yeah, I think Javen's a little further ahead than where Nick is, and I know we know Nick's had surgery. Uh, Javen's been out there every day working with the um, our trainers and rehab and uh, that sort of thing. I'm not exactly sure at this particular point when the arrival date for both of those is. I can I'm glad you asked the question. That helps me try to get ahead a little bit on particularly those two guys. So I'll have that for you next time. That's Raiders interim coach uh, Rich Bisaccia. Uh, Bisaccia uh, is how you you'd probably do it uh, back in uh, Italy. But uh, it was funny talking to him today because. You know, I, I don't recall a coach saying, oh, oh thanks for reminding me of that. i got to check on that. Um, there's things about being a head coach. There's responsibilities that you, 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 you don't – you can't – it's not that you can't comprehend them, but you have to experience it and you have to go through it, um, like being the spokesman of injuries. Uh, and I know that, you know, people get frustrated. I'll go back to my time with Sean McVay, and, and I've talked to him about this, so I, I, I'm, I'm, you know, on good, on good grounds to comment on this, but – these coaches aren't doctors, and we and sometimes we're asking them to give us doctor opinions on injuries. And they're a football coach; they they just come off the practice field and they're talking to us. What exactly is going on with Todd Gurley? You know, and it's like, I, I, you know, he, he tries to do the best he can, and then but it's almost a damned if you do, damned if you don't, because if you get a little bit, you know, slightly off, uh, you know, information, you know, everyone's ready to crucify you. And it's like he's a football coach. There's doctors that handle that type of stuff. Unfortunately. Or fortunately, I don't know. The doctors don't speak. <laughs> the team medical staff doesn't speak. It's the coach that has to go out there and explain all that. And as Rich was talking today, yeah, I got to check on uh, Javin White and see where he, where exactly is he. That's one of the things that he has to do now is talk to the medical staff and talk to the trainers. 
Where's Javin White? Where's Nicholas Morrow? You know, where are they in, the, in, 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 their, in their recovery process? What's Richie Incognito? Uh, where, where is he in, the, in, that, in that process? Uh, and those are updates that he needs, obviously, for his job, but also then to relay it to us, uh, the media. So uh, him taking notes right there, I've never seen that one before, but it was pretty cool. Pretty funny, uh, to be honest with you. He'll learn. Uh, there's no doubt uh, about it. Back out to the Raider Nation listener line, George. Oh, George in Oregon is uh, must be on his way to uh, Portland or maybe Corvallis. I don't know. Uh, so uh, George in Portland or George in Oregon, if you hear us, uh, give us a call right back. But uh, you know, we're talking about an important uh, subject because it's because it's been 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 brought up about you know does my, Mark Davis owe the media an explanation right now? Um, I wouldn't classify it as, oh, I, I would never say that because there's nothing, you know, we know what happened and the coach got fired. So he spoke very loud in, in, in actions, uh, obviously, if not words. So I don't believe he owes us anything. I do think we will get his thoughts uh, at some point when he's comfortable uh, and in a better place um, emotionally to talk about it. There's a lot that happened over the last, think about it, seven days and a good friend, the football leader of his of his organization, uh, the person that he put all of his faith in, in terms of getting this thing right. And here's the thing, that rebuild was so close to, to being where it needed to be. It's not a perfect team, but it was closing in on being a very, very good team. I still think it's a good team, a darn good team. And all of a sudden, poof, there goes John Gruden, the guy that you put all that money into, all that commitment into. Uh, and he's no longer around. And not only that, he's your friend as well. That's a lot to digest. And I think Mark Davis you know, deserves a little bit of time to, to get through it mentally and sort through it before he sits up there and, and addresses it, which I believe he will uh, at some point. Dominico is in California. How you doing, buddy? How are you, man? Hey, um, so I think you're right on point there as far as Mark Davis is concerned. It's definitely something I would imagine – is a difficult thing to process, but, you know, I'm exhausted kind of talking to everybody about, you know, the events that have transpired and really what I wanted to kind of just mention and just get kind of your take is the opportunity that it is right for Derek Carr, especially, you know, I, I remember sitting next to my oldest daughter who, who has been born into the Raider nation, who, who doesn't have a choice, but to be a Raider fan, no matter who she marries, <laughs> sitting next to her when, when when uh, when Hudson uh, you know inadvertently broke broke a couple digits on on Carr's hand and Carr uh, he subsequently went in the locker room came out won the game and I turned to her and I said listen I said this is what we've been waiting for we've been waiting for you know a, a quality person who's a who's a good quarterback who's a a gamer and I've been on the guy's side and root, really rooting for him and I recognize this as a, a real big opportunity for him to 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 continue on with what is a truly difficult situation that is, you know, really pretty much unprecedented. And um, he, he, he's got an opportunity here to silence the doubters and to take this team onto his shoulders because he's a mature veteran now um, to, to, to see what, what can happen. I mean, I think the expectations, um, you know, personally for me, you know, they're not as high because this is a difficult thing to, for anybody to deal with, and it is unprecedented, and I, and I hope for the best. But I wanted to get your take on that. Uh, keep up the good work. Please ask your team to leave me uh, on hold so I can listen because I'm driving and I and I want to listen. But I need to stream this thing. How do I get how do I get to listen in in SoCal? Well, you could go to uh, lvsportsnetwork.com. Uh, that they uh, 
that's where you can get it live. You can also go to Raiders.com um, and go to their radio page, I think it is. Um, you know, if, if uh, Damon uh, can talk you through uh, all the various... I'll say it on the air. You can go, go to Raiders.com. You can go to Multimedia. And then there will be an icon, um, Raider Nation Radio 920 AM. And you just yes. click on that Raider Nation Radio icon. Yep. And then the stream will just start playing for you. And if you can't catch it live, there's also a podcast version that uh, Damon posts uh, within minutes, basically, after, uh, after the show. Uh, and you can get it on iTunes, Spotify, all your various uh, podcast um, you know, go-tos. Uh, you'll be able to, to, to access it there as well if you can't listen to it live. Uh, as far as your question about Derek Carr, I agree. Uh, I think there's a great opportunity here. I think that, you know, I'm not going to say that he's got a mulligan uh, here uh, or the Raiders have a mulligan because there's way too much to play for. And I don't think that they're thinking of thinking about that uh, along those lines uh, but certainly a lot of people probably expect the Raiders to go in the tank here I don't expect that to happen I think this this team is too good and too mentally strong uh, and too well built in all the char- for in terms of all the characteristics you need for a good team I think they're going to be okay in that regard and I think if they pull that off um, I think Derek Carr is going to be lauded uh, for that um, and I think that he's going to respond I think at this stage of his career with this happening, um, the way it happened, uh, but also, you know, the relationship that he has with, with Greg Olson, the offensive coordinator, this is going to be a collaboration between those two guys. Uh, and I think at this stage, he's prepared to do that. Um, now, if they could just get some good, solid play on the offensive line, they'd be in business. We'll see if that happens on, on Sunday against the Denver Broncos or if that's the starting point for a better offensive line because I think that's going to be critical uh, to what the Raiders want to accomplish uh, over these next 12 games. But I think Derek Carr is in a good place to shoulder um, some of what's going on right now. And I also think there's other great leaders on this team. Unique Ngakwe, Max Crosby, uh, guys like that, uh, uh, Casey Hayward, Denzel Perryman. Uh, the Raiders did a really good job this year uh, of adding leadership. Alec Ingold, of adding leadership um, in this building and on this team that I think puts them in a really good place uh, to withstand what's happened and move on from it um, positively and successfully. You're in the huddle with Vinny Bonsignor, brought to you by Tequila Embajador, Raider Nation Radio 920 AM on a Friday. We're live at the Golden Circle Sportsbook at the Treasure Island. The Red Sox Astros getting ready to start. Clemson, Syracuse, uh, looks like they're playing at Clemson, or at Syracuse, uh, is on TV as well. And tennis, uh, NFL Network, all kinds of stuff. Come over here and join us. Great food, great drinks, great atmosphere.